and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture, and we can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Happy August! It's been a wild summer here in the UK so far. It's got very hot again all of a sudden, and we have only just started with our summer. We hit a thousand Twitter followers and 22,000 downloads this week, so I cannot thank anyone enough for the support and love I get through this. Honestly, it's so, so heartwarming. I absolutely love you back. I've also done two guest spots in the last month that have gone live in the last week. You can check out The Bunker, which is a daily podcast for me chatting about Satan and the devil from the Middle Ages to the modern age as a gay icon. And that one is super about what I usually cover. However, the other podcast is The Friend Zone, where I talk about the real monsters in real life, very much relationships and dating in modern life. So you can check that out as well. That's on Google Podcasts only. But give them a listen if you fancy it, especially the Satan one. It's kind of an add-on to what we do here. But there are links on Twitter if you fancy giving them a listen. I would truly appreciate it. And it has been a wonderful thing to do some guest spots. It makes me feel all warm and cosy inside. Anyway, enough about that. Let's talk about this week's monster. It's certainly not as appealing as my wonderful sultry tones through your headphones. It's one that's generally quite feared, but respected, and we're heading back over to Japanese mythology for this one, and it's the Tengu this week. It's been a while since we covered a member of the yokai family. I think the last one was the Oni back in December last year, but as you all know, I really love covering these legendary Japanese monsters. They are so fun. And the Tengu is described as a yokai or demon, if you didn't remember the definition for this or are a new listener and they are traditionally described as a humanoid demon with a bright red face and a very large protruding nose. You might actually know them from your phone or using social media. They are the emoji with the cute little mask and the big red nose and all of that one. They are usually followers of Shigendo, which is a syncretic religion within Japan dating back to the 7th century, the followers of which are called Yamabushi. They wear a very specific clothing, which is kind of best described by this author, Frederick L. Stott. These positively medieval nature worshippers carry metal staves and conch shells and wear straw sandals and sometimes a hemp cloth over robe, with the Heart Sutra written on it. They follow a mixture of Isotetric or Tantric Buddhism mixed with Shinto, the native animistic religion of Japan. These monsters have developed over time though, originally having been described as kite-like monsters, kites being the bird of prey, not the piece of plastic you'll fly around on a windy day. They would usually retain their wings, beaks or heads whilst in their human form, as they could shapeshift between the two, and they also had the power to conjure up huge fires, known as Tengubi, avalanches affecting areas as big as cities called Tengu Tsubute, and lastly, to create the sound of falling trees by manipulating air, known as the Tengo Daoshi. They are mostly seen as guardians of the Buddhist faith and the temples of this, 
However, throughout their history, their reputation and alliances have changed, especially within Buddhism, and we'll talk about that later. They were also considered the patron of martial arts and were skilled warriors with their staves, fans as their main weapons. However, they're also known as mischief makers and almost vigilantes of the Buddhist faith. They were known to trick arrogant and gloating Buddhist priests and would punish those who misuse knowledge and authority to gain fame or reputation within the Buddhist religion. In the Middle Ages, they were known to punish vain and arrogant samurais as they would punish anyone known to try and corrupt Dharma, which is Buddhist law. The last job they do is occasionally being divine messengers and even sometimes being deities themselves. They had a king called Sajobo who ruled over them and assigned them these tasks. So as well, there is kind of a weird hierarchy too within those Tengu ranks. But either way, they're all known to be these fearsome samurai-like warriors as well as these monsters that are feared. Now, on to etymology. The word Tengu means heavenly sentinel or actually heavenly dog, which you might think sounds a bit weird in regards to this apparent bird-like creature. This is because there is also a link back to a Chinese myth monster known as the Tuango, which is a canine-based monster that creates loud, thunderous lightning when emerging from the heavens. This monster will obviously be covered in another episode, but it's really interesting to see how this monster is linked to this one, as it's just through an entry in a book, which is a collection of bizarre stories from 1791, which describes the Tiangu as a dog-like monster with a bird's beak. Usually, Japanese and Chinese monsters are quite different from each other, or at least they'll try to think that they are original, I suppose. Although, very, very occasionally, they do borrow from each other's mythologies and folklore. But the actual text of the Tengu goes back to the first mention in text from the Nihon Shoki, which is the second oldest Japanese text in existence, and roughly translates to the Chronicles of Japan. This was written in 720 AD. This references again to a heavenly dog, and actually has Tengu written in Chinese characters throughout the text. But in Japanese characters, it actually reads as Heavenly Fox. Now I've talked about a heavenly guardian and a heavenly dog, that makes sense, but where does Heavenly Fox come from? Obviously foxes are canines, that does make sense, but very much the sense of Tengu are usually seen around foxes, which are a sacred animal in Japan. We've got the Kitsune, which we talked about a few weeks ago, and we can kind of see the reverence there in regards to Japanese folklore and mythology. So that is why that is referenced here. There are also links to the Tengu within the Hindu faith, as Garuda, the eagle deity, is often cited as the inspiration for Tengu, as the Garuda are depicted as shape-shifting into winged animals and keeping their bird-like features in their appearances when humanoid, much like the Tengu. During the Edo period though, which is between 1603 and 1868 in Japan, there are debates on how these monsters derive from these Hindu deities. As the Garuda were friendly towards Buddhism after Tengu helped the Garuda fight off the Naga within a story in the Hindu faith. I imagine you're probably quite overwhelmed with the amount of monsters I just listed there. The Naga, again, legendary snake-like monsters that I'll cover in another episode and actually, I'm very excited to cover those because they're in so much modern media that they are just a fantastic monster. But nonetheless, you might be thinking, hey, this all sounds good, 
but you said there are debates on whether Tengu are good or bad. And that's true, and it is massively linked to their history. Originally, within Japanese folklore, came a book called the Konjaku Monogata Rishu, which was a collection of stories published in the late Henean period, which, if you didn't know, was between 794 and 1185 AD. And in this book, it describes the Tengu as enemies of Buddhism, who mislead people kind of on the edge, with false images of Buddha, carrying off monks and dropping them in remote places, possessing women in an attempt to seduce holy men, they're robbing temples and endowing those who worship them with unholy power, which is totally against Buddhism. They often disguise themselves as priests or nuns, but their true form is that of the kite, which we talked about earlier. And they were kind of villainized from here on out. And actually, there's still a saying in Japan to this day, which is Tengu Ninaru, meaning becoming a Tengu, which is often used to describe a vain or arrogant person. There's even apparently a realm in which these monsters live, which is called the Tengu Road, where people are stuck between heaven and hell, a kind of purgatory where the prideful are cursed to live out their days. However, by the 17th century, the image of the Tengu had started to change, with stories emerging of Tengu fiercely protecting forests or Buddhist temples and shrines, becoming the protectors and guardian spirits that we think of today. They can be tempted to assist with rice cakes and apparently absolutely despise mackerel, so this is used to dissuade them from their mischievous ways. It's said that once fealty is sworn to a temple, the Tengu will guard this for the rest of its days for as long as it is respected. Lastly, I do have to mention that you might be thinking these monsters are pretty much the Japanese equivalent of the Greek harpies, which we covered a few weeks ago, I really love and only recently found out, actually. However, only because of their looks and their powers rather than what they stand for. Obviously, the Tengu is very much linked to the Buddhist faith, and Harfis are very much creatures of violence and don't really seem to give a care about the thought behind their actions. Whereas Tengu are all to do with the Buddhist faith, and their actions are purely driven by faith and worship, rather than the blind bloodshed and anger of the Harpies. That actually leads us really nicely onto modern media. We mostly have them in video games this week, as with most Japanese monsters. However, these monsters are quite popular, so have made it into our other categories too. For art, Japan has always had us covered with illustrations and art, which I'm super grateful for. However, as usual with Japanese and Asian scroll work, we don't really know when these were painted, so they don't have dates, but you can search them by their names. First, we have Kobayakawa Takakaji debating with the Tengu of Mount Haiko by Yoshitoshi, Tengu as a kite-like monster by Toriyama Seiken, Iga no Tusubone confronts the tormented spirit of Sasaki no Kiwataka by Yoshitoshi, Tengu and a Buddhist monk by Kawanabi Koasai, an elephant and a flying Tengu by Utagawa Kuniyoshi, and lastly, Ushiwakamaru training with the Tengu of Mount Karama by Kunisuna Utagawa. I will say, I tried my best with the names here. I do not speak Japanese, and my sister, who does speak some, would also struggle with these two. So please forgive my shoddy accent and my bad pronunciation work. If you are listening and speak Japanese, I apologise. I speak English and I speak German, and both of those pretty badly too. 
so please allow it at this time. Thank you very much. In movies, we have just the one, and that's 47 Ronin, which was a samurai movie that came out in 2013, featuring the legendary Keanu Reeves, who I will say I trust more than my own family, and I don't believe or trust a single person on earth that dislikes him. I don't believe that person exists, but if they do, I don't trust you. He is an absolute saint, and I will stand by that. For TV, though, we have The Legend of the Three Caballeros, Randy Cunningham, Ninth Grade Ninja, Metal Heroes, Super Sentai Power Rangers, and Pleasant Golf and the Big Bad Wolf. In video games, we have ones such as Pokemon, Shin Megami Tensei, Tuhu Project, Mega Man 8, Niho and Niho 2, Dead or Alive 2, 4, and 5, Jensen Impact, Akea, Champion Island Games, Angbad, Dungeon Crawl, Command and Conquer, Red Alert 3, Tulip, Art of Fighting, Ayakashi, Romance Reborn, Guild Wars, Fate slash Grand Order, Gumbare Gomon, Metroid, Nefarious, NetHack, Muramasa, The Demon Blade, Mini Ninjas, Monster Rancher, Okami, Shadow Force, River King, Samurai Showdown, Yokai Watch, Xenoclash, and Yume Nikki. There are quite a few video games within this kind of category, so once again, I've kind of picked the most popular out of these to not overwhelm you with me listing millions of games. And my book recommendation this week is, as always with Japanese monsters, especially Yokai or Yurai, is Yokai Attack, the Japanese Monster Survival Guide, and Yurai Attack, the Japanese Ghost Survival Guide by Hiroka Yoda. Honestly, these books are amazing, they're really well illustrated and informative. You can also find them pretty cheap on Amazon for what you're getting. I cannot recommend these books more, and they are a great addition to any mythology or folklore-based bookcase. Now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? I mean, I love the idea of this monster, that they protect these shrines and temples from arrogance and greed, which is totally what most religions stand for. So I like the idea of an integrated guardian against this. But does this stop priests and monks from becoming arrogant and greedy? Probably not, but I don't really know anyone to ask, I suppose. The idea that there are these spiritual guardians that are hanging around Japanese temples really doesn't surprise me that it's written into their folklore, as a lot of their monsters are to do with religion or at least some societal concepts of wrongdoings, so I kind of believe as to why these monsters are believed to exist, and why people really believe that they are there protecting the temples. However, do I think one is going to come and show up at my door if I was in Japan? I don't think so, but maybe that's because I'm not a jealous or vengeful Buddhist priest, and they're practically reserved for them. Who knows? Either way, I'm going to go with maybe on this one, just based on the placement and religious factors here, as it's pretty normal for me to have the same mentality with other Japanese monsters. But what do you think? Did the Tengu roam the earth? Let me know on Twitter, I would really love to know what you think. I love covering yokai, and especially anything within Japanese mythology, just as they're usually really spiritual and interesting in comparison to these monstrous creatures from ancient mythologies over here in the West. But we're leaving Japan this week to head west, and over to the US next week for another beloved cryptid. This one is known for its subtle and mischievous nature, so get ready to hop along with the jackalope next Thursday for some not-so-Easter fun. For now, though, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. 
I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at MythMonsters.co.uk, and you can find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, and I'll see you later, babes. Bye.